0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the very first episode of the For The Berg Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Gaeta. Our very first guest is one of the most underrated rock stars, at least of my generation. He's a founder of a band called Taking Back Sunday. His name is Eddie Reyes. Now, the first time I recorded this interview with him, I had very bad audio problems. Not sure what happened there. Eddie was cool enough to come back and do it again, uh, at least the second half of the interview. So if you hear some kind of quality change between the first and second half, that's why they recorded it two separate times. Uh, But yeah, enjoy. Guys, Eddie Reyes. Nope. Mr. Yes, Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome the founder of Taking Back Sunday, <laughs> and my new friend, it's Facebook official, you can't say it's not true, Mr. Eddie Reyes. Eddie, thank you very much for being on the show. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm good. We're not friends. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, come on, man. It's on <laughs> Facebook. What are you saying? I'm just kidding. Hey. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. How's it going?
0: Good, man. How are you? How, how's everything going through this crazy time with the quarantine and all that?
1: Um, You know, it's it's surreal. It's a little a little apocalyptic feeling, you know? Yeah. Uh yeah. I just, uh, the kids and us are locked up in uh, the house, and I just cooked dinner. They're eating, and I'm out on the front porch uh, hanging out with you.
0: Awesome, man. I appreciate it. So I'll, I'll start from the beginning here. I'm sure you get asked these questions a thousand times. As people know, you grew up on Long Island. Can you get into growing up on Long Island, the influences on your style, get into some of your influences there?
1: I grew up in Metalhead and then just started going to shows when I was like 14 years old getting into metal. Then I got into, you know, I went to a couple of local hardcore shows and I got into hardcore because of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, what you call a, a crossover kid, you know, yeah. I'm a metalhead and, and I'm a punk rock hardcore kid. So I appreciate both, uh, both genres and, 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 lifestyle, I guess, but uh, so many great bands and uh, just being a part of a really awesome hardcore scene of Long Island, um, very influential bands. I guess I I stuck more into playing hardcore and punk rock because for me it was just, well, it was kind of, I wouldn't say it was easier. I just felt like, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's, it was more involved, you know, like the, everyone was involved with each other. Like it meant something, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, you went to a show, they spoke to you and, and, and you spoke back to them and, 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 you know, it's all about the morals and the DIY lifestyle and all that. And uh, it's just something that I, I held on to true and, and and was proud of it. The Long Island Harker scene was a great scene. And I was surrounded by a lot of awesome people and great bands. And I was influenced by a lot of great bands too. I mean, I, I shoot, you know, Gorilla Biscuits changed my life. Tag Nasty is probably the band that changed my life the most. Uh, our local record store called Uncle Phil's and they had a three dollar bin and they had uh, this record called Dag Nasty. Can I say sitting in there cassette tape? You know when tapes were something not like people know what that is now. Right. And uh and I bought it. I had three bucks. Why not? And I bought it and it changed my life. It was the probably the first hardcore band I ever I ever got into. And then after that, I went out and wanted more. And uh I found an album mm-hmm. from a band called <laughs> Been in Pain, and that really sucked me into uh the New York, you know, Long Island hardcore scene and I just picked up the guitar and started writing a lot of shitty riffs, and that's how it started.
0: That's awesome. And you, you created a lot of those uh, Long Island hardcore scene bands. So We've got uh, The Inside, The Movie Life, uh, Mind Over Matter. Did you create all those bands But before Taking Back Sunday? Or? Yeah, 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 I
1: did. I mean, you know, of course, you know, I, I didn't create them. I'm all, you know, like I, I started Movie Life. I started Inside. Uh, Mind Over Matter, I started with a buddy of mine, Artie Shepard, who... Went on to be in a lot of great bands. World fastest car, Aerotype uh, 11. He, he also runs Saint Vitus, the infamous Saint Vitus in Brooklyn. Uh, me and him and uh, George Reynolds, who sang for Minor Matt, like we all legitimately started that band together. So that was an awesome band to be a part of, and you know it lived its course. And then I moved on, and and then uh, and then I started a band called Clockwise with my best buddy George Fullen, Phil Hanratty. and that band took off and. I would say from there on, it started taking off because the Long Island scene was just getting bigger. So bands were getting bigger, you know? Right. And then I started, uh, and then, yeah, and then Inside came out and we were like, you know, we were, I guess you would say we were an emo band. We were doing the whole Sunny Day Real Yeah, we were doing the whole Sunday Day Real Estate vibe, right. mineral vibe, you know? And uh, and then I moved on and started uh, Movie Life with uh, Vinny Caruana, um, was in that briefly, and I just say I could say I was mentally all there. So they moved on without me. And and then uh, a month later, I was just sitting in a coffee shop in Nice Flip with a buddy of mine, Antonio Longo. And I said, I'm going to start another band. Who and was the original I singer thought,
0: of Taking Back Sunday, correct, An- Antonio? Yeah.
1: Antonio Longo was the original singer. Um, uh buddy of mine, Steve, was the original drummer. Um, uh, we had a bunch of bassists. Jesse Lacey was actually one of our bassists. Right. But we had a bunch of bassists. And then, uh, you know, mem- members came, members mem- members came in, members left because they had other things to do in their lives. And eventually, uh, you know, I-, I met up with Adam in North Carolina when he was really young and he moved up to New York and he played bass. And then Antonio moved on and Adam took over on vocals. I told him that he could sing and so he should be the singer. And he said, OK. And And that's just slowly where it developed. And then, you know, John originally came into the band. John was like the third person who joined the band. And he stuck around through all the, uh, member changes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then, um, then Mark joined and then Sean, and then that was the lineup. We came out, we came out, uh, well, we came out with seven inches, uh, EPs before, but then our demo came out for tell your friends. And then that's where it really took off. And, uh, then victory, uh, Angel Jawari, uh, who worked for victory mm. came out to a couple of our shows and loved us. And he pushed us. And, um, we had a bunch of labels that were like trying to sign us, but uh, Victory just stuck out the most and they presented themselves the most and, and really wanted us. So we went with Victory and it was like history since then, you know. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. What would you prefer uh, more, the, the Indie Victory or more of a, when you guys signed to uh, Warner? Uh,
1: yeah, Louder Now was our first uh, major release. Um, victory put out uh, the first two, which were amazing releases yep. and they worked so hard and I honestly think everyone who worked at Victory made us who we were. And, uh, and then it was, you know, it was, it was, it was hard because we were from the DIY scene. We were hardcore kids, you know, but we took a chance on Warner and Warner really worked so hard and they respected our beliefs and, and our morals and our ideas. And they left us alone creatively and basically just, stood behind us and, and supported us it took us a level you know
0: yeah
1: yeah so i mean we were i like both uh i can say i had good uh, uh experiences with indies and and a major um but then we went back to an indie hopeless right. and, and that was great and then yeah so you know yeah. i'm not saying all majors are great but warner was was pretty awesome.
0: So, you guys obviously have toured all around the world, all around the US. Um this this podcast is called For the Berg, based out of Pittsburgh here. Do you have any uh yeah. any show memories from from Pittsburgh over your time or any favorite venues or favorite places to go out to eat while you're on tour here, anything like that?
1: Man, we played Pittsburgh so much, oh, yeah, it's I've crazy. i it a bunch of times. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh was just like a backyard show for us. Uh I mean, you know, you got all the usual you know, joints, usual bars after the show, uh um, you know, you go get a a, a sandwich, you know.
2: For
1: and yeah. <laughs> go hang out. yeah for and you go to your, food. but I always remember playing that one venue. Uh it was in the Oakland area, I believe it's called. Um, um I've, I've seen you guys in Oakland
0: my, at the at Yeah, at I can't Pitt, remember the name of it
1: again.
0: I saw you guys with uh yeah. I think with Seosin there with when when uh Anthony Green came back. This wasn't too long ago. Um Yeah, that was that at was at the that was, that was a, at Pitt, yeah. that,
1: yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. But there was this other venue there that we had to load our gear into an elevator, and it was like on the third floor. Um, I can't remember the name of that freaking venue, but it was awesome. We played like three shows there. That's awesome. And I remember Adam, I remember Adam got his teeth knocked out at that show. And he, <laughs> with he his own microphone? Did he knock his
0: own teeth out with one of his mic swings? Is, is that what happened? Yeah, I mean? Of course. With the
1: microphone. <laughs> like, I, think he jumped out, I think he jumped out. I think he handed the crowd the microphone. He jumped out in the crowd, and Something happened, and he oh, wow. came back on stage or something, and he was missing his front teeth. But he finished the show, spitting out everything,
0: and then afterwards
1: he went to emergency dental surgery, and he had his teeth fixed. Wow! So that was that was one of the craziest. Uh, yeah,
0: that's crazy. I haven't heard moment. that story. I know he's hit a bunch of yeah. a bunch of you guys with the microphone. I know he knocked his own teeth out with the mic, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you had a habit of hitting us with the microphone. Uh, yeah. um, also, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's uh, that crazy of a story, but I, I met my kid's mom at uh, the Pittsburgh show. That's awesome. And we continued dating and she was from Cleveland. Oh, uh, okay. Um, us, I us in Pittsburgh to here. We, we,
0: we I, don't like Cleveland too much. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I know. I mean, we, had spoken, we had spoken briefly at the Cleveland show and then she had mentioned she was going to the Pittsburgh show. And then she went to the Pittsburgh show, and um, and then yeah, and then we you know hung out for a bunch of years, and got married, had kids, and did the family life, and then you know split up, but we're all so very close, and we're raising our kids, you know.
0: So pretty much, you have Pittsburgh to thank for your children. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I got Pittsburgh to thank for go. my children, and Pittsburgh <laughs> to awesome. thank for George Romero, who is my all time favorite horror yep. creator, all great greatness. I, I went to uh, his his uh, museum. Yeah, Pittsburgh's cool, man. I always had a good time, Pittsburgh. Awesome.
0: All right, so for tw- the 20-year anniversary of Taking Back Sunday, the band went on YouTube and they did their own little 20 years in their own words of each album. They did um, right. uh, like a favorite song from, from each album here. One thing that was missing was the founder, you, which isn't cool. So I think the fans would want to hear from from you about all that. So, if you want to right start on. with uh, Tell All Your Friends, 2002, maybe a favorite song, a little story about about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, Tell All Your Friends was, uh, to me, it was a special record because it was like, uh, we, were, we were nobody, you know, we uh, were just jamming out Mark's mom's basement, writing that album. And then we got a, I went out and got a studio uh, over by where I grew up in uh, Lindenhurst, uh, Amityville. And um we moved into that studio and we wrote the rest of the record there. And it was honestly, it was quick. It was fun. Um, it's just uh, it's, it was fast. We recorded it in like a week, I think or 10 days. Um, yeah. And it was just good memories. Right awesome. that record. Yeah. We didn't expect it to become what it, what it did. Honestly. So, you know, I guess it was a blessing
0: for sure do you have a favorite song from that album well uh, yeah I, I think uh
2: i was telling you that uh ghost man on third is ghost uh 3rd, yep. is definitely my favorite song on that album And then you were, say-
0: to play too. you were saying how oh, uh you're still last summer you, you kind of wrote it as a joke and that ended up be- becoming a yeah it was a, a te- a hit there. <laughs> it
2: was a terrible riff and uh we just kept playing with it and then uh It was very silly sounding, but for some reason, everyone loved that song. I guess Adam wrote some pretty catchy lyrics, you know?
0: That's funny. Um, All right, so moving on to where you want to be here. You had some member changes going on here, uh, 2004.
2: Yeah, where you want to be uh, is when Fred and uh, Matt Robano stepped in. Um, John and Sean went off to do their own thing. Uh, Where you want to be was, um, you know, I asked Fred to join the band because uh, he was an old friend of mine, and I just felt like he was super talented and we were very alike. Uh, we played so many shows together with the other bands and we were just uh, so similar, I guess, uh, in the styles. So when I asked him to join and he joined and it was just natural. Um, and uh, we just wrote that record, you know, it just, it just came naturally. And then we recorded it with uh, Lou Giordano who uh, did uh I believe he did Dizzy Up the Girl and a bunch of other, um, just a bunch of other hits. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, where you want to be for me would probably be, uh, my, my favorite record. I think, um, some people would definitely argue that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think there was a, a song on there. I didn't, I didn't like to play. I think, uh, Bonus Smosh and, uh, definitely Bonus Smosh and definitely Union were my favorite songs to play.
0: Yep. So we'll go to Louder Now, uh, first release on a major record label, Warner Brothers. Louder Now, Louder Now.
2: <laughs> That's me making fun of Fred. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Louder Now was, uh, stepping, uh, up to the big leagues, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was our first major, uh, label, uh, record and, uh. It was uh, a whole new world for us as a band. Uh, we were on a different level also as a band, um, you know, moving up in in the amount of people who were coming to see us play. And uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of now was like, okay, this is our first major record. We really have to write a good record. And um, again, Stingy Sonny always had it that way of just writing records together that just naturally flowed, you know, like there was never a, a plan or a this is how it's going to go. Like we just went in and wrote whatever and that was it, you know? And, uh, wow. Louder now. It's funny. Cause I forgot how many, I, I forgot so many songs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but louder now, I mean,
2: um, I don't know. There's not really a, a bad song on there. There's songs that didn't make it that I love like Brooklyn. Yeah. That got re- released eventually as a B side. Mm-hmm. Um, make damn sure is always a it wasn't a fun song to play it was like a it was a good song to play yeah and
0: that's what you said last time was make damn sure yeah
2: and it took off people got it you know i didn't think uh we always have a way of writing songs that we love that everyone else hates <laughs> and then they love the songs that we are like meh about you know but uh make damn sure was the song that was like oh yeah i love the song and um yeah it took off
0: awesome we have more roster changes here in 2009 with uh, New Again.
2: Yeah, yeah. Fred had uh, decided to leave the band um, to pursue other things. Uh, and then we got Matt Fozzie in the band. And uh, New Again was, you know, I, I think I, like I explained to you before, it, it was our uh, Pickerton, I think. Everyone hated it, um, including band members. Um, not all band members but most band members and um, I think it's because a lot of our songs we were changing up so many different producers because so many weren't working out and so much shit got changed, re-recorded, mixed up some of the songs to me never came out the way they should have I think Um, the only song that stayed the way it was meant to be was Everything Must Go Mm -hmm. And, and that was my song that was my I love that song uh, I wrote that song, uh, and when I wrote Ghost Man, uh, I think Everything Must Go was, to me, personally, in my brain, was a part two to Ghost Man on third.
0: You you can hear that there, for sure.
2: Yeah. Those are the two songs that I got most emotional on stage playing. Like, it hit me personally, like, deeply, personal issues in my life. Uh, I don't know what Adam who Adam was writing about. No one ever knows. It's always a mystery. Um, but uh, the words, I would take them as my own situation, I guess. And uh, so those, that song meant a lot to play. Um, New again was a fun song, but again, if you heard the original version, it was so much better. Um, you that's a bad the original thing of,
0: version of that song. Oh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but scary. I think a lot.
2: I think if a lot of those songs were left alone, that album would have been big yeah but shame. then again like later on you know 10, 12 I don't know shit how many years but uh now people are catching on to it now everyone's asking me a lot of shit about it and um I don't know if those guys were playing any songs off of it I'm sure they were on that tour um, probably
0: just Everything Must Go would be the only thing I think they were playing from that yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah that was sink to me because that was a fun song I
0: haven't heard um, that live in a while though but yeah that would have been the other one I guess yeah Carpathia, maybe. Yeah, Carpathia
2: was a great song too. Man, the original version was awesome. It's so sad yeah. that album was left alone. And in, in my personal opinion, it uh, I think it would have been another big one. Well,
0: that's a shame then for sure. I, I like the album, but I would I would want to definitely hear the original versions of those songs. That that sucks. Right. Right. Um, right. We move on here to 2011. Another member change here, or uh, members. Yeah with the uh, self-titled album here, John and Sean come back to the the band. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. They came back to the band, and uh, it was, for me personally, the self-titled was another miss. Even though we liked it, uh, to the public side, it was like a meh album. Um, I think it's because we hadn't played together for so long that instead of taking our time and and, and and learning how to be a band again, and uh, writing like we used to, um, I think we kind of rushed into it, you know? Um, but again, it still was a a fun, you know, it was a great record to me, you know? Just no one else really, and I can't really think of any songs for that record. Uh, uh, El Paso? Uh, 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 well, yeah. El Paso was uh. our favorite, because we were like, we're so fucking heavy and tough and nobody <laughs> liked it nobody that's, you guys are, Padula from thursday produced our video he did an awesome job um and still nobody got it like we would play that song live and nobody people would just stand there and look at us like and we'd be like what the hell is wrong with you people um again another one of those songs we loved everybody hated that's crazy. but uh el paso was one of my favorites
0: what a way oh, to open a show, though, at that in, in 2011 within, with El Paso just to start it off. That's, right, right, yeah. yeah. Probably, I'd like to say maybe Call Me in the Morning would have been another one that maybe the, the band liked. Call Me in the Morning. Seems like that was, one stuck around still.
2: Yeah, Call Me in the Morning was, yeah. That song was great, actually. Mm-hmm. I really did love playing that song. I, I kind of wish that stayed a little bit more um, build up be powerful, but, again, it got changed. Um, but it still was a great song to mm-hmm. play, yeah
0: yeah uh 2014
2: happiness is yeah happiness is happiness is is like okay we got it you know we were together long enough we did a bunch of tours we were comfortable uh happiness is a lot of old stuff riffs too that were brought back to the table um flicker fade was a banger Mm -hmm. and that was again an old one that we kept and we just brought back and said let's do it and uh well, wow. yeah, that record, I don't think there's really a song on there that I'm not. But my favorite was, to play, was Flicker Fade.
0: Then the uh, the last album that uh, the band put out here, 2016, Tidal Wave.
2: Right, Tidal Wave. Yeah, Tidal Wave was, uh, for me, I put a lot of, uh, I wrote a, a bunch of riffs that made it on the record. But for me, personally, it was a record that I kind of uh, backed away from, I guess. Um, I was dealing with a lot of personal shit. and. Uh, I was starting to realize that I had a problem, and uh, I think that was the beginning of uh, the, my social distancing from uh, band members and and the music. You know, I started losing the passion. Um, so that record went by quick for me. Um, again, people loved it, people hated it. I I loved it. I I thought that record was great. Death Wolf was fucking sick. Yep. Um.
0: You mentioned you didn't like the name the last time, but but you like the song. Yeah, that was the
2: stupidest name ever. <laughs> where uh, it come from? Who, who named? I have it? no idea. I honestly have no idea. I can't remember where it came from, but I just remember going, "Wow, that's a dumb name." But then again, we've always had dumb names like "Bonus Smash Part 3. There's
0: and- not even there's not even a part one to that song. Bonus. Exactly. We M- <laughs> never made sense you know the blue was channel what is it? <laughs>
2: because the, the blue channel they just sat around we just sat around all day in our apartment and took shit off of the blue channel
0: that's funny you
2: know the back in the day we used to have that blue channel you know the the tv guide channel
0: and that adam would tell a story on stage about how timberwolves in new jersey came and he would see it would say yeah. timberwolves in new jersey the basketball game and he would yeah <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that and is, I think, we'd yeah,
2: always, I think we would always mention, oh, "Wow, they're playing again." So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, tidal wave was uh, it was a tidal wave for me, and then I, uh, you know, then I walked away. Well, you know, we parted ways.
0: Parted ways. Um, started. Fate's got a driver. I kind did. That thing. was. It yeah. was brief. Yep.
2: Um, I think. Um, I didn't think it through. There was a bunch of songs that I had written that I kept uh, locked away. And uh, again, uh, some turned out the way they did and the way they should have. Uh, and then some just never got released. And then uh, I just felt like it was that um, situation when you walk away from something as big as Taking Back Sunday, and I should have just taken more time mm-hmm. to myself instead of panicking and and thinking, Oh my God, Oh my God, God, I need to be back out there. So it just unfortunately didn't work out. Uh, Now those guys, they decided to go on without me. I don't know if they are or not. Um, I wish them all the luck. I mean, I wrote 90% of the music. So I told them there's some songs they could do and some songs they can't do. Um, I, 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 I am planning on, uh, on writing and recording and putting out some stuff, uh, hopefully by next year i'll awesome. probably be back on my feet. right now i'm concentrating on cooking and uh, working at a restaurant if that ever happens the, the right, coronavirus to
0: normal yeah <laughs> how'd that test go by the way did you pass that safe serve test that you were taking that's yeah hour? yeah
2: i did i got a 81 there you go on it uh yeah um but uh now i gotta take the physical test which uh, who knows when it's gonna happen um yeah. but uh you know i have two passions in life and it's food and, and and music, you know. So we'll see. Yeah. But I'm definitely coming back out with some uh, with a new band. Yeah. This time I'll be ready. And uh, I won't be so crazy. And uh, I won't put these poor, uh, these new guys through hell like I did with the other guys. They had to put up a lot of my insanity. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a learning process, you know, like in recovery. You know, I've been sober now. Shit, a year and five months now. Awesome. Five months yeah now it's five months, well technically next week, but still you know, my brain is uh it's growing back and it's, I'm getting my passion back, you know
0: I don't know if you ever looked yourself up on on the uh, Wikipedia No Wikipedia, but, no, I uh, don't. said your I childhood don't. dream was of being a football place kicker true or false?: No, no
2: <laughs> no. I was a place kicker yeah. <laughs> when I played high school football, but uh i didn't i didn't uh, I didn't think about that too much after nope. high school
0: wasn't a dream of yours <laughs> yeah i don't know um, who said that it says your favorite tv channel is the food network and your favorite show is iron chef
2: it was iron chef iron chef's not around anymore um i watch a lot of uh drivers dining and you know guys and yeah uh chop uh you know yeah food network is my favorite i would say second is travel channel i like all the paranormal shows yeah and now i'm hooked on all these uh
0: 90 Day Fiance shows on TLC. I saw that on your on your Facebook. You're saying you're terrible. It. <laughs> terrible, terrible. But uh I got hooked on it because I was uh, I was
2: seeing someone at the time, and that's all she watched. And I used to make fun of her, and then now I'm hooked on it.
0: Uh, I know you're not going to give me the answer to this one, but I asked it last time. Uh, that right. you were th- you were the baby on the Where You Want to Be cover.
2: Oh man, I don't know. Oh
0: man, I don't know. It's <laughs> just a mystery that. I the you that forever will never know the actual answer we'll uh something know. you did get into last time though that i i did lose the last time here the origin of the name uh i know this is not true that it was a uh a smith's beef side taking back sunday yeah no 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 <laughs> uh, we
2: used to, i used to tell people that all the time and they used to be like really and then they'd be like i i can't, I can't find that song and i'd be like keep looking it's there <laughs> keep looking uh, no it's just uh i won't get too deep into it but um <laughs> A close friend of mine was in a big ska band. Anyway, his younger brother, who's a great guy, was in this up and coming Long Island band um, called The Waiting Process. Um, I was a big fan. I used to go see their shows. Nobody really knew who they were. And uh, unfortunately, he lost his battle with cancer. And uh, I took one of the names of their songs and uh, named my band. Um, yeah, that's where I, yep, I got awesome. the name.
0: So last time we did. Uh... I, I asked a couple other guys this too, the the daily jagoff. Couple of them gave me answers, the other ones wouldn't. You 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 gave me a name, and you gave me a little, a little story. You said Levar Burton from Reading Rainbow.
2: Yeah, yeah. that guy. The guy doesn't like me.
0: He doesn't like me.
2: Nah, he was enjoying his uh, his dinner at the uh, Sacramento Airport, and I saw him, and uh, I walked up to him like a dork, interrupted his dinner, and he obviously looked pretty frustrated because he was probably on the same flight we were on that got canceled and uh, I couldn't think of anything to say to him. I I told him that uh, if it wasn't for Reading Rainbow, I wouldn't be who I am today or something like that and then he just looked at me like, (laughs) I think he pounded me. I think we pounded it out for a second but it was awkward and then I walked away and I remember um, some of the people who witnessed it uh, said that I looked really, really stupid and uh, I felt really dumb. Yeah. So I wouldn't say he was a Jagoff. I think Not I was yeah. the Jagoff. Oh, no.
0: Right? No, I don't think so. You're saying that. Oh, you. I do remember I remember I've met a lot of people.
2: Uh I do remember one Jagoff that I met. Now I can't say I can't say names, oh, man. It'll get come back on. to me. <laughs> It'll get back to me. It'll get back to me. But uh I know one person sat on my lap at a at a bar in New York at an after party, after uh an award show, and uh she was disgusting and she stunk and she's very famous. She was jumping on different laps um, Eventually she jumped on other people's laps In my band I think But uh, I told her uh, If she wouldn't mind get off my lap Because she smelled like uh, oh shit. What did I say Like, uh, I was like yeah that's what it was like. I was like you smell like old clam chowder <laughs> And uh, I think she mushed me in the face And got up and walked away um, But uh, she's another one of those people That got famous for no reason for Let's no, just we'll, say that
0: we, we can leave the name we, out of it We'll leave it <laughs>
2: at that We'll leave it at that mystery
0: I think the last thing we talked about was uh, how you guys kind of accidentally opened for Slayer, or it wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. Yeah. Happen.
2: Well, we got put on a metal festival, <laughs> and uh, we were like, "Why are we here?" I was happy because I'm a metalhead, you know. But Hate Crew was there. Well, like, oh, Hate not here. They're hardcore. Why not? Champions a great guy. Uh But Slayer was late to the show, so they were supposed to go on actually before us, and then we were supposed to go on like an hour after them because the stage was going to move over to more artist-genre uh, kind of bands, mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they said, no, you go on stage. So long story short, uh, guitar techs were getting bottles thrown at them, people were booing us. So we refused to play. I think at one point, uh, one of our band members held onto a pole and refused to let go. Uh, I believe, I do remember Jamie Jasta from Hey Freed walking up to one of us and going, good luck. <laughs> like, and we were like, thanks um but uh players showed up and they played they destroyed it um they walked off stage uh and we rolled our shit out uh on stage and we played in front of a bunch of nervous uh little emo kids uh and uh yeah, and that was history it was great but the funny thing is uh later on we played another big festival uh reading and uh somebody had mentioned that Camarillo really wanted to meet us and I was like, get the hell out of here. He's obviously got the wrong band. But no, he showed up to our room and we hung out and talked, did some video thing with him. And uh, he, was, he was laughing at us about that show.
0: <laughs>
2: but uh, he had met, he mentioned he was a big fan and uh, he mentioned us in some book he wrote and uh, he came to a couple shows uh, afterwards with his family and he's just a great guy. And uh, so I guess it was a blessing, you know, that's that really happened. Cool though, yeah. because then I would have never got to meet Tom Morello, who, as a kid growing up, was one of my idols. You know, so that's um, yeah, a really funny story. There's a lot more to it. I wish I could do <laughs> really explain it to you, but uh, I don't want to look like an idiot. Uh, that was probably one of the most terrifying moments of my life. <laughs> uh,
0: about to, about to go on stage in front of the Slayer fans. Oh <laughs> uh,
2: man, dude! If you were there, you would have been like, fuck this!" <laughs> you you would have hid. I I know people were hiding.
0: All right, man. I appreciate it. Sorry to do it again, buddy, but I do appreciate you no, Help me out, man. Anytime. Good luck with the rest of this. If you, um, if you ever need me again, just hit me up. I will, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Bye. Tell Fred I sent him an Instagram message. Bye. Oh, yeah, I will. I will. I will let him know. Nope. Mr. Yes, pop. So that was my interview with the founding member of Taking Back Sunday, Eddie Reyes. Thank you guys for listening. Head to com. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. And we'll see you next time with lead singer of Sayosin and Circus Survive, Anthony Green. Thank you guys. Oh.